Welcome back to the Delia Dad Podcast here on episode number 64. Dad, I'm not even going to say anything. We're so pumped. Just, what's up, Dad? Let's go. <laughs> 64. Let's go. That the Number 64 reminds me of um, growing up. We had the Nintendo 64. Oh, well, right. we never had it, I don't think. Yeah, it did. We had it? Yeah. For a while. For a while. Yeah, that's right. So this is a Nintendo 64 episode. We're going to be talking about Nintendo. No, I'm joking. No. You got to do the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, that's 64, Dad. 64 episodes that we've been able to just share and open, um, discuss, and um, just really kind of embrace what was going on in our lives uh, in the moment and in the past, and obviously embracing the future. And we are on a roll as we are back on track. And as far as, you know, having the, I guess, for the most part, the consistency of the last couple of weeks, you know, to have the podcast ready to go. And it's like from the frozen tundra, you know, from the frozen right. forest, you know, to 63 and now 64. That's right. And of course, today it being the lunes de apa, you know, it gives us the opportunity to um, be more personal on, on things and uh, keeping with the uh, February um, effect as far as the love of friendship and, and, and things of that nature. Um, I think it's important for us to um, be able to offer in this podcast a little bit of something else that might probably not have the time to think about it, uh, much less talk about it, and obviously never get to it as far as doing something about it. So we're going to engage a little bit into um, something very powerful um, out of the love of God for us and then how to respond ourselves to Him. And in the middle of things that, you know, how many times have we heard the famous phrase, this is not the right time? Yeah. You know, this is not the right time. And like if there is a right time for that, and I think the right time it is when you're saying it's not the right time. I've always wondered because you hear that constantly. Like, I'm not ready yet or wait till it's the right time. But in reality, I don't even think it exists. In the no. sense that, okay, so obviously there's some things that, okay, yeah, there's a time for you to have to wait, you know, and then things need to get done. But for the most part, when we say those things, that thing does not particularly have a right time. It's not like, right. you know, because I, I think a lot of us are waiting for uh, comfort or we're waiting for a competent moment in ourselves or we're waiting for, you know, one of those things where we just, we feel ready and everything seems to feel right. So therefore, let's go. Yeah, como decía la abuelita, tan chiflados. So that's the thing, though, because it, it helps us, like, recognize that there's, at the end of the day, there's no right time. Like, you never, you're never ready until, like, you just do it. Because then you're ne you'll never be ready. You know, because I think True. a lot of times we we focus on these things in the sense that, again, every single time that question comes up or that statement, well, I'm not ready or we'll do it when we're ready or we'll I'll get it when I'm ready. Whatever that it is, you're never going to be ready for it because it's like, you know, you just got to get up and do it, you know, and it's not like. Hey, three, two, one, let's go. It's more like three, two, and they push you off the plane, you know, whenever you're, you know, skydiving. You're never going to be ready. And I think a lot of times we live in a world that we want to wait to the best possible scenario ever, and then we'll start. Like, oh, I was yeah. talking to Rudy, that's a long ago, and he was like, well, whenever I get the dog, I'll start working out. Like, dude, you're going to get the dog, and you're going you're gonna to actually not work out because of the dog. You know, and it's like, and I see it in my own self where I was like, you know what, no, when I get to, when I, and this I was thinking about, like, as I was getting ready to move the corpus, I was like, when I get to corpus, I'm gonna start working out. And then I got to corpus and then nothing happened. And then no, I'm gonna start next week because next week I actually start going to, to work and whatnot. And no, like you're never determined by a, a, a feeling or a, a an emotion or just even a date. Cause you know, a lot of people do like new year's resolutions. And even then I never forget, nothing changes environmentally. Um, or, and when I say that, I don't mean like uh, exteriorly, obviously that, that changed a whole lot for me, but nothing changes in your mentality from one day to the next. Like you, you'll make a decision to do certain things, but it's kind of hard and it's rare that you do like from cut cold and you jump into something new. Right. Like it's rare. Like you have to develop these things. But at the same time, I'm not saying it's not possible. I mean, who knows? Maybe you are a person of your word and whatever you say goes. I mean, if you're one of those, like, 
cool. Like, let us know how you do it because we need it. Um, but then also, we recognize that whenever we say we're going to do something, then we're going to do it. And whenever we recognize that, it, the moment we start asking that question, like, oh, whenever we're ready, it's never going to happen. Might as well just jump into it. Right, right. And, and precisely um, today's podcast is going to be able to navigate into those um, realities of ourselves. And it's a challenge. It's going to be a personal challenge to you make a difference on you. Yeah. I think that's the best way to say it. And um, forget about time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it just the element that it is, it is what it is. Yeah. And you go through it. And of course, um, this is a powerful thing about receiving from God. But at the same time, it, it, it's also our response. Okay, And, and may I remind, remind you that love is a response so uh, we're gonna engage into that and I think the best way to start is by um, yesterday's um, well yeah uh, Sunday um, there there is a, a very special um, gospel acclamation within the Alleluia and it's taken from the um, gospel of St. John Uh, chapter 13 verse 34 and it's a very powerful message from Jesus to us and it is just a one sentence so you want to read it I give you a new commandment says the Lord love one another as I have loved you read it again I give you a new commandment says the Lord love one another as I have loved you in all my presentations that I offer to the parents and, and when I'm there as an instructor for confirmation or for the RCIA for adults and, and anything that is, you know, pertained to education or to the on development of education in the sense of spirituality and, and having our faith grow, getting ourselves closer to God. Well, here... Um, like in everything that I try to do, uh, my style is to break the message as it is. And, you know, one of the things that strikes me is that this one sentence uh, is really broken into two. Yet it begins by saying, I give you. And there's the source from where it's coming from. Okay. This is exactly... Uh, the words of Jesus, all right? This is the word of God. And God is telling us, uh, the recipient, as far as whoever is listening to this, um, God is saying, to because it, it's a type of God that loves us so much that he's constantly giving us things. Mm-hmm. And when I say things, I'm not talking about matter, and I'm not talking about objects. I'm talking about there's certain abilities, capabilities, faculties, power, love, you name it, that he's constantly, so generously giving us. Yeah. Okay. But he's very direct. See, I give you. Mm-hmm. And whoever's listening, it, it's not all of us. No, it's you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what he gives to everybody is exactly to you. Yeah. That means a lot that in these three words, I give you, um, it is of himself directly to you. And many times we don't have that type of relationship with God. As a matter of fact, we, we, we don't find ourselves at you. We're lost in that you. Yeah. Um, and as a matter of fact, are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah, you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> See? So uh, most of us, you know, when it comes to the, the relationship with God, we need to strengthen that. And of course, you've heard this so many times about you got to pray more. Okay. Well, praying more is establishing a communication effort. It's establishing a, a fundamental of a relationship. Because when you pray to God, you do two things from your end. You talk and you listen. Mm-hmm. And God does the same thing. He speaks to you directly, okay? Yeah. And he listens to you. Mm-hmm. And even beyond the words or thoughts that come out, out of your lips or out of your mind, God goes even beyond that because he knows you very well. Mm-hmm. So when he gives you something, in this case, I give you a new commandment. 
otro señor, you know. <laughs> Lord, come on, you already gave us 10. No, no, but it, it's more than, than that. It's, it's, it's a commandment where <clears throat> he is giving of himself in a very unique way. And in this particular verse, okay, John 13, 34, you know, it says, I give you a new commandment, says the Lord. You know, here it's very intriguing because why, why would this come out? If he's already talking to you, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. You normally don't say that. Mm -hmm. I give you a new, com a new commandment and boom, you go into it. But here in this verse, it says, says the Lord. I mean, in our conversations, we don't, we don't. Yeah, we don't normally. Our four-year-old does that. Yeah, she's totally third person. Okay. Mm -hmm. She does that a lot. Okay. Emma wants it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is Emma's. She never says this is mine. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And I believe that that brings us back to the source of who that I is. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and I think that when you have a relationship with God, that third person is that connection between God and you. And I think that the Holy Spirit is that third person. That's interesting. Okay. Because the, the Holy Spirit is the one that, um, you know, keeps together the Father and the Son. You know, He binds them. And because of Him, um, we receive the Father, we receive the Son. Yeah. yeah because yeah. of the Holy Spirit. No, that third person, you know, in our, in our language... Although you might, you know, clash with um, our English education and what have you, but here it, it, it makes now sense. Yeah. Okay. So the Lord says, love one another as I have loved you. Mm -hmm. Man, talk about raising the bar. Talk about, you know, um, kicking it up a notch. Okay. And he's really not so much raising the bar, even though he did, he's setting the bar. Like setting the bar to the most, that's the most you can possibly love. But the ultimate? The ultimate. Because he's love? Yeah. He's coming back to who he is. Love. That's so cool. Okay. Yeah. So when he, when he comes like that, um, love one another, but that's kind of easy to do with those that are okay with me. And I am okay with them. Yeah. That's pretty pretty easy to do. But in the same, you know, language uh, within that same realm of, of this scripture, you know, there's also an invitation to love the enemy. Yeah. Okay. And he goes on and explains why. And what good is it that you're okay with the people that are okay with you? You know, as far as loving them, uh, it's more towards like those that... Te hacen caras. Yeah. Que hablan de ti. Sí. And the famous uh, phrases from especially our young people, you know, they stab you in the back. Mm -hmm. Okay. The bullying, you know, all, all that stuff that happens. Um, God is asking us to to love one another. Nombre. You know. Yet, when he establishes that bar, raises up for, for us that bar, when he says... As I loved you. Yeah. Not as I, I am loving you. No, no, no. As I loved you. Mm -hmm. And those of us who fully have a better relationship with God and understand Jesus' mission, keep in mind that at the foot of the cross, we're seeing everything yeah. unfold. Mm -hmm. And it is there that that's how much he loves me, you. Okay, and for us, it, it this is a very powerful new commandment, and it's something that um, some of us, you know, gotta gotta ask the question. Um, ask your question, you know, to yourself. How does the Lord give us this new commandment nowadays? Because this already happened. Okay, He came over. He was born as a child. He grew up. And for 30 years, he was under ministry from 30 to 33, más o menos. And then everything comes together at his last days. Yeah. Okay. Yet, it was just the beginning, not just the last days. Mm -hmm. It was the first days. Yeah. And for us, 
you know, we are so particular in time, the way we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm not ready. And to be ready, it is the opportunity for us to take that immediate action within that very present moment of yours. Because that's the time to act. That's the time that you have some type of control in front of you. Because you can't do nothing in the past. The past is gone. And you can't do anything on the future. It hasn't arrived. Yeah. So your present, your moment before you, that's the time to actually do. Mm-hmm. And if you're facing things like this, you know, tomorrow is not secure. This evening is not secure. Whatever the case may be. So when we ask ourselves, you know, um, how does the Lord give us this new commandment? Um, how, how much are you open to that now? This very moment. I mean, as you're listening to this podcast, this very moment, how are you, okay, willing to receive what God gives you and how are you going to respond to it now? Yeah. Okay? We can't say, well, after this podcast, I'm going to start doing this. Yeah. No, oh my gosh. We are so good at that. I'm so good at that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and we kind of identify a certain thing about it and, and it gives us the opportunity to um, kind of buy some time. And, you know, um, I, I got married with your mom and she was gifted with that. She had the, she, she was priceless on that. Uh, the, the word that I'm looking at, okay, um, starts with a P. And it means that you normally don't do it now. You do it later. Ooh, I know that word really, really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the main word in my vocabulary. So your mom then became a, an all-lighter to work on something that was due now tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. When she knew this a month ago. <laughs> yeah. That's all me right there. Okay. And many of us were like that. Okay. There's many people like that. Yeah. And even those that are very um, organized or very, um, I would say, productive in their time that they always try to plan and advance and what have you, we still fall into that. Mm-hmm. Because we say we catch ourselves saying, "I got to do that," but I'm going to do this first. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. Okay, so in our thoughts, okay, for today, um, how does the Lord loved you? And after going through everything that you see in your life that you've been blessed with, how are you going to make it better? How how are you going to respond to what He has given you? And the action is now. Okay, and I, I remember um, there's a lot of people that normally, um, when you're involved in church, uh, people say, "Pray for me." Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going through this, and, and just keeping in your prayers. Yeah, you know. And, but I, I've ran into some people that are very proactive on the now, and I remember this priest that now he is enjoying the presence of God in heaven, and this priest, when you would tell him, "Padre," Este, necesito que rece por mí. Bueno, vamos a hacerlo. And mm. right there. Yeah. On the spot. He would pray to God and it would change you because he would say, wait a minute, I'm not ready for that. Not now. Yeah, yeah. But he made it the now. On what you, you asked that petition. So he made God present on that request immediately. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a gift on being able to take that time and make it live, mm-hmm. okay? And, and not expect to uh, get the rerun or get the, once it's you know, recorded, That's then right. we play yeah, it back. Yeah. It, it's the now. Mm-hmm. And, and he was very good at, I mean, to me, he was always a blessing for that. It reminded me of uh, uh, two that I know and then one random incident that actually happened today. Um, so it reminded me of uh, Brother Michael Mary from the Brother St. John. We always like whatever we're doing, and then it was always either one of two things. Number one, I asked, "Hey, can you pray for this or pray for me for this or that?" In the moment, he starts, or right before we finished our conversation, or right before we kind of went our separate ways, we would, he would always like, "Hey, can we pray before we go?" And that includes every intention that's in the moment. And then another one's Father, Father John Michael Paul, like always, "Hey, Father, I'm going through this, or I'm, I'm this is a new journey in my life, or whatever it is that I'm talking about." And then right before I leave, okay. Let's, let's pray. And we pray. And like, that's just so good. Like we, now let's, 
in my own honesty, like, I'm not used to that. Like, we're not used to that. No, we're not used to it. You know? But then, I think it's something that we have to, I think, at some point get used to. And I think we actually have to be proactive in praying right there on the spot. And, and to me, I think that, you know, I, I was talking to Father Silvestre. Uh, for those of you that remember Father Silvestre, uh, a, a Franciscan priest, and, um, you know, he, he always would do that on the spot. And I think that because he brings the moment to the now, um, it's the perfect expression of, I have loved you. Okay? Yes. I have loved you. This yes. is how. The now. Okay? And, and it's in, incredible that many times, you know, as parents, we, we really do the opposite. Mm -hmm. Okay? Don't que hablar con él, pero después. Ah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, I, I, you know, you guys too, as far as, you know, uh, sons and daughters. I know. It's like, ah, I got to talk to dad. But I just, you wait till he's in a better mood. Yeah. Or let me just wait till he gets out of work. Or let me just wait, whatever. And yeah. We try to uh, kind of um, fabricate a certain environment, um, space, time, whatever you want to call it, to where I think that's the best time. Yet it is the now, the best time, because you thought about it, you're feeling it, you're going through it. Okay, and you have to make a difference. Um, I believe that Jesus taught us how to do that uh, in many ways, but I think one of the most profound ways was that seventh station uh, of the way of the cross, and that is the second fall. Mm -hmm. Okay, in the second fall, we have a, a very unique um, situation because. Um, we have pretty much um, a description of, you know, what transpires, okay? Um, so we want to kind of go through that particular station, okay? And we're going to begin, um, I'm going to have you share this uh, so that we can uh, think about, yeah, and, 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 and be able to kind of grasp what I'm trying to share with you. So this is the seventh station. This is a reflection. This is the second time you have fallen on the road. As a cross grows heavier and heavier, it becomes more difficult to get up. But you continue to struggle and try until you're up and walking again. You don't give up. As a child, sometimes things get me down. Others seem to find things easier to do or to learn. Each time I fail, I find it harder to keep trying. As an adult, sometimes I think I should know more than I do. I become impatient with myself and find it hard to believe in myself when I fail. It is easy to despair over small things, and sometimes I do. Help me when things get to seem help me when things seem difficult for me, even when it's hard. Help me get up and keep trying as you did. Help me to do my best without comparing myself with others. My Jesus, often I have sinned and often by sin beaten thee to the ground beneath the cross. Help me to use the efficacious means of grace that I may never fall again. And that's something that is very, very real in our decision-making because we, we don't like to hurt. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, um, a class that I created for, for parents um, and it's called La Cicatriz. And most of us, we don't like to be exposing our scars. We try to cover them up. Mm -hmm. And when there's a scar that you just can't, you know, uh, cover it, it's especially in the face, and it, it, it's something that you have to grow some courage and saying, "I se va." You know, it's like, and 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 people many times, um, our curiosity or danchoneando. Uh, <laughs> They want to know, ¿qué te pasó? Okay. Yeah. They yeah. bring it up. Definitely. And many times you just say, I don't want to talk about it. Pero, ¿qué te pasó? Yeah, I know, <laughs> you know? right? Okay, <laughs> they did the wonder. exact opposite. <laughs> so, you don't want to talk about it, but I'm going to ask you. Yeah. So we, we go through that, and this particular second fall has a lot of teaching on what Jesus did. Yeah. Now, one aspect that I'm going to um, go into later is that we're never alone when we go through things think we are 
we're not. We talked about that last episode of Footprints. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because it is so important for us to realize that in our relationship with God, um, some people say that um, God can't be with me. You know, I'm, I'm a loser. I, I, I can't. I mean, as a matter of fact, God can't love me. You know, I'm constantly sinning. I'm constantly falling. I'm constantly... And, and we, um, in your words, that you normally uh, used to explain for young people, we disqualify ourselves a lot. Yeah. Yet, on top of that, God continues to love you. I wrote a song about that, um, where basically the reality is that sometimes we fall and sometimes we don't allow ourselves to be loved, feel loved. And it's actually one of the first songs ever made. I'll never forget where I was. I was in the living room and it was in, it was in October, October 20th, the day before Ricky's birthday. And this is at 12.07 a.m. I wrote it down where basically the, uh, and I'll open up with the lyrics and then I want to get into the chorus. That's where, that's where it's at. But just to kind of give you like a pretext of what's going on. So I was trying to live my life with purpose every day and trying to build up its meaning along the way. And I had tried and tried to tell myself that life was worth living. And I was hoping for a change that would fulfill my life. I was filling it with things that wouldn't satisfy. So I left your embrace and tried to find it on my own. And I kept finding that the answer was so far gone. And then here's where the chorus comes in. Because I turned my back against the one true God I love. I didn't listen to the one whose form was like a dove. Hence the Holy Spirit. I kept doing the things that I knew I shouldn't of. I chose to not listen to your voice so sweet. Despite the fact we had your nail, you had nails through your hands and feet. I had a love right here in front of me in which I could not see. And I know that it's not how it's supposed to be, yet you still choose to love me. That's exactly what it is. And this particular uh, acclamation, uh, gospel acclamation, uh, has a lot to give. Because your song pretty much puts words into what we feel mm-hmm. and as, as we read as you read the um, the seventh station of the way of the cross um, Jesus is telling us that he's showing us not necessarily just telling us he's showing us that yes it, it can be done it should be done what would happen if you know he was very very fatigued already by then yet he did not give up Mm-hmm. And, and we in our humanity we tend to do that's the first thing we want to do yeah we want to quit we want to stop we want to you know not go further further anymore and not knowing that that next step that next push that next getting up will make the difference in the world and it did it did for going into the eighth station mm-hmm. you know the next right thing to do and and i think that uh, most of us we we have to be a little bit more open to our present and be able to act then because um no se vale de que el rato después o mañana yeah you know it, it, you, you got to do it now so it, it is my hope that in in trying to establish a reaction of let's do it this moment um, if you're talking about it, you're thinking about it. Hey, it's not—it's not an accident. It's part of, you know, God who probably is carrying you at that very moment. Yeah. So go for or, it. Or Mike is dragging me, but yeah, yeah, so, no, yeah. definitely. So one of the one of the things that I I was contemplating as you were sharing this, we talked about how sometimes we feel disqualified, and how sometimes we feel that. Um, I'm sitting or I'm just like really in a bad spot to where there's no way God can love me, right? Mm-hmm. I heard a priest not so long ago. I had to be a priest. He said, you know, it reminds me of the time when, or it reminds me of an, an example that when parents see their kids and they are sick or they get sick, they, they're not farther to the child or closer to them. They're, they're right there, you know, and how that somebody, somebody's willing to stop what they're doing to care for me. And I can, I can go on my whole litany of times that I've been sick and I've been, you know, <laughs> hurt or injured or whatever. And then to the, the, the think, to think, 
that somebody would stop what they're doing and just cater to me. In the midst of my weakness, in the midst of my brokenness, in the midst of my literally brokenness, like broken clarko, um, in the midst of all these things, surgeries or whatever, that somebody's willing to stop what they're doing and be not just not farther from me, but be closer to me and to show me how much they love me by being there, not just being there for me, but actually doing things that I need at the moment, whether it be the medicine, whether it be uh, food, whether it be helping with mobility. For someone to stop what they're doing and choose to love me there, where I'm at, in the midst of my weakness and my suffering, in the midst of my brokenness. And that's the same action that we get from God, that our own brokenness, in the midst of our own brokenness, and I'm talking about sin, that people think that, oh, because I've sinned, it's, I'm farther from Him. But in reality, yeah, He's much more closer. Yes. Like He's far more closer than you think because of your sin. Not so much, you know, that it's the opposite, that He, you know, kind of gets away because of that. No, no, no. He's a lot more closer to you because of your sin. And it's like, what's the reason why this, and we talk about love, to love one another. And I always say, well, it's hard to love a God that, you know, people say that it's hard to love a God that doesn't know what I'm going through. And I'm like, <laughs> well, let me share with you the stations of the cross. But I always say that God is love. And we talked about that. We established that. God is love. And I'll never forget, there's a movie about St. John Paul II. And he says, well, there's a reason why that same love is known to a cross. That that suffering is united to his suffering. I'll never forget that every single time that, I, that I've gone to confession, one of the main things that I've always hear is that, especially from a particular priest, he says, use your suffering as a consolation to Jesus the night before he died in the garden. Be his consolation. You know, use these moments, use these difficult times and be that consolation, you know, because without our sins, his, you know, his death on the cross is pointless. Really, without our sins, without our suffering, his death is meaningless. You know, because then it, become, it becomes a, uh, you know, <laughs> since we're talking about Frozen not too long ago, that it becomes, I told the students this and they were freaking out. Like, oh, how many of you have watched Frozen? They raised their hand. Do you remember um, uh, Anna's execution? And they're like, what? There's a deleted scene or something? You know, they're freaked out. And, like, and, then, and then I asked them, like, yeah, her ex execution. Was it that? Like, no. It was a what? So, so the S and the like, the sacrifice. You know, the first, the very first movie where she sacrifices herself for the sake of her sister. Right. And it was, what was the key to all that? Love. Love was the, the, the key to bring spring back to the, this winter time. Winter time. Love is what got us out of this, you know, enchanted forest that we're in, you know? Love is what gives you, gets you going and gets you through. And so, you know, just going back to the main point, we have a God who is so good, who is, willing to be even more closer to us in spite of our sins as opposed to us thinking that he would be farther away because of it. Yeah. And, and most of us, we we don't give ourselves that moment to react Yeah. because we'd rather give ourselves the moment to buy some more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the excuse like, oh, I'll go to confession later. Yeah. Or I'll go, I'll take care of this later. I'll handle this emotion later. We block ourselves off. Mm -hmm. And then um, it's it's harder to come back to it because you're no longer having all those elements of that present moment on how to react to it. Mm -hmm. Because now um, the element of forgetting, the element of not wanting to return to that, to that feeling, mm -hmm. to that sensation, uh, to that ugliness, you know, we... We try to hide it. And then on top of that, we try to start to excuse it. Yeah. Which is worse. Okay. Um, había un padre que me decía, no me disfraces el pecado. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Don't, don't decorate, you know, the sin. Tell it how it is. Yeah. Okay. And to me, that was always a awakening because even... That's why we, we hear the famous, it was just a little white lie. I'm sorry, there's no color. Yeah. Okay? And lying. Mm -hmm. It's a lie. Yeah. Okay? And they even say in Spanish, fue una mentira piadosa. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah. To that point that 
you really want to excuse yourself from it and, and, and it's sad but that's your moment to be able to have some control on it because it's happening now in front of you yeah. the moment to act mm -hmm. okay so again for later for tomorrow for next week for next month whatever it's not secure yeah it's not secure like even the next 10 seconds like we're not there yet mm -hmm. it's crazy like it's crazy to think that that reality because that's just one of the things okay now we got there you know yeah. now we, now it's 10 seconds later but had we don't, we're not I heard this and I never forget like I always explain to the kids that our next breath is not guaranteed unless God says yes mm -hmm. and that's 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 always struck me like that's true and we have that famous song that I know hits you and hits all of us pretty hard like if tomorrow never comes right like will they know that I loved like if tomorrow never comes will they know that I did everything I could to love like as God has asked us to will I have done enough things right so that come you know and I just had a chance to sing a funeral not too long ago and it's like at one point this person was alive like at one point this person was being the person that people around him needed him to be and yet here he was no longer able to be that person you know and we always pray that the Lord Jesus would be merciful and and you know receive him that's all we offer the masses and stuff but just the reality that you only have this much time and this much time is really nothing compared to eternity right like nothing compared to eternity true you know and it's there was a, a an amazing episode on the chosen where it opens up with the finding in the temple and there was i love the way they set it up because it's really really unique and then powerful and also because it's very marian you know and in that episode the scene opens up with you know mary's looking for jesus and you can see like the the panic in her heart and in her face and finally she sees joseph with jesus and you know like you have the famous why have you done this to us and so forth and why you know you should know that i should be in my father's house and he's like asking like well i need to i need to know i need to i need to do these things and he says if not now when jesus fast forward there's a wedding and in this wedding the couple happens to know mary and if you want to read it and the gospels john like is so good like he he was the one that kind of took mom mary in and you know and he was a beloved disciple and he's the one that writes the account of this wedding he opens up there's a wedding in cana and the mother of jesus was there you know and off script you know oh yeah by the way jesus and his homies were also there too you know <laughs> there's an emphasis with her because you know i'm assuming she she knew the party well and so in this episode you know you have the famous story where they have no more wine and jesus goes to, and mary goes to jesus and really says they ran out of wine you know and then you have the discourse you know the actual text is like jesus responds with okay what is what is this to us my time has not yet come we're not ready, you know? And our famous, we're not there yet. And she comes back to him and says, if not now, when? And he acts. And it's like, I just love that because that's, he acts. Like that wasn't, he wasn't going to do that. And yet in obedience, but then also in recognizing the moment, he acts. And I think for a lot of us, we just have to just act. And I think that in order to act, you know, God has always been very careful with that, that many times we, we have been created not to be alone. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, we, we have a tremendous need to be accepted. We have a tremendous need to belong. And on, on that sense, even Jesus himself, um, again, the way of the cross, um, one of the particular uh, stations and it's introduced, but I want to bring him here that on the seventh station, he was able to get up because he had somebody to help him. That's Simon. Mm, yeah. Okay. So even Jesus had somebody to help him. He knows firsthand about this need of help. So Jesus will always place somebody there for you. Okay. 
when you're going through this hard time and it's your second fall and you're feeling the way he felt and your environment is all that and there's nothing more else for us to do and, and or you don't know what to do. Well, there's always somebody there to help. But you have to allow yourself to be healed. Yeah. And Jesus did. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, I got this. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. know. Yeah. He didn't. He allowed himself to be loved. Okay. Yeah. On that moment. Déjate amar. Déjate amar. Yeah. So I think that God always, you know, we always say that um, God always provides. Okay. In this case, you know, we can say that God always provides help. Mm-hmm. Okay. He knows that you can't do it alone. He knows that I can't do it alone. And he's always, and, and this podcast that we have continued and we're back to speed again, the help has come back. The time has come back. Okay. And we have, you know, gotten out that frozen time. And now we are moving forward on what we believe this is the next right thing to do. Yeah. In, in, in sharing our story with, with others. So, you know, who, who is your assignment to the listener? Who, who is, you know, that helper in your life? Who is your helper right now that you're going through whatever you're going through? Who has offered? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because there's a lot of people that they say it and they mean it. Whatever you need. You know, one of the things that I learned from another priest And he's now in heaven as well. You know, whenever people would say, um, Pues no, Padre, cuando usted necesite algo, dígame. Sí, te voy a decir, mira, aquí tengo una lista. ¿En qué me puedes ayudar? Ay, Padre, tan pronto es que tú me dijiste. Mm, yeah. And in that moment, he acted. Ah, pues yo puedo ayudarle en esto. Ah, qué bueno. Así para quitarle. And then he would take care of that. But he had a list. Okay. I'm, I'm going to use that. Uh, I have to use it now. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, you you would have the things that you you need in writing, and whenever somebody would offer, so well, as a matter of fact, you know, choose. <laughs> you know, and it, it's weird because you, you always, I guess, I wonder how people would respond to that, because then you have to get to the root of the of that statement. Did you mean it? Yeah. You know, and then and it's, I mean. You never want to find out the hard way that, oh, no, I was just joking. I was just joking. I don't have time. But at the same time, then why would you make that statement? Yeah. You know, and so I think, and don't get me wrong, I think 99% of people actually are very genuine, you know, and they, they do mean whatever you right, need. Right, Um. So one of the things that I've learned is I always say, because uh, I, I, I have said that before, until it backfired one day where they're like, okay, I need uh, this much money. Okay, I'm going to do what I can. You know, because then it's like whatever you need and that's open to whatever it is. So one of the things that I've learned is like, okay, let me know whatever you need help that I can actually help you with. Yeah. Because then that, that specifies, okay, there's a particular ability or there are certain things that I can do. And if I can provide it, I will. And if I can't, well, I'll direct you to someone who probably can, you know. And in my case, what I've done in the past is when I offer... And, and I normally put down, uh, especially if I'm texting or emailing, whatever the case may be, that I'm writing something down, I, I offer the person, and whatever you think I can assist you, let me know. I like that even better. I'm going to write that down. Because now I'm giving them, who knows me, of what I can do, of what I'm capable to do, and, and they might come back. And, and some of them have. Mm-hmm. And, and believe me, that's why I've been... Um, <laughs> making more or offering more um, rosaries at funerals <laughs> because of that. Okay. They, they wanted for me to, to pray their rosary and they, they would verbalize it. It's true alive. You know, I've heard that one time. And I told them, bueno, te mueras ahorita para que no tengo ganas. Yeah. Ay, René. I mean, trying to yeah, yeah. just, you know, but um, yeah, I would tell them, all right, if you really want that, tell somebody. Because, you know, I can't come and impose. Yeah. You need to let it know to your, you know, relatives or friends or and if I know them more personally, you know, told so and so, you know, because, yeah, if you really want me, I'm more than happy. Okay. I would love it. And, and I'm hoping that, you know, I'm still here to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. 
porque no va a venir del allá enterrado, <laughs> no va a venir. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we we would uh, kid around about that, and and, uh, and that has occurred. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it has happened. Yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, can you mention? Can you say that phrase again that you said that not that what you mentioned about what you think I can do? It's like I, I tell the person when I'm writing, mm-hmm. um, and if, if there is something that I can assist you with, okay, please let me know. Okay. Because what I'm doing is uh, I'm not telling them in general whatever you want, whatever you need. Yeah. I'm telling them, you know me. That's basically what I'm saying. You know me of what I can do. Whatever you think I can do for you, I can assist you, I can help you with, let me know. And again, you know, some people, you know, they do respond and, um, you know, and sometimes even say, well, it's not for me, but, you know, my sister, my cousin, they're going through this, you know, what do you think about this? So then we, we engage into something totally different to what he's, he or she's going through. Yeah. And, and I eventually get involved in both. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's like the next step. Um, but it's true. Like, and I think in, I think in answering that question and then actually acting on it you're allowing yourself to love the way Jesus loves I mean I think that's the root of being another Simon I think Simon played that really well without knowing that commandment that's what Jesus would do for us he would be the one helping us up and I'll never forget that image of, of Jesus and Simon in the movie The Passion oh, yeah. where they're both arms are wrapped around the cross and it's like man like, and it's crazy to think that Jesus himself needed help. Like, a lot of time we, we, we like to think of, of a God that never did anything. He cannot relate to us, and he's just, you know, whatever. And yet, we recognize that, no, 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 the God that we believe in is the one that did fall at once, not twice, three times. And I would say three times that are recorded. Right. You know, because that trip to Calvary was not an easy one. It was right. normally an uphill battle, literally. And... For him to have that help from Simon, it, it, it just, and I love how Simon at first in the movie is depicted as someone who just like, oh, this is not, this is not part of me. I don't want, I don't have anything to do with it. Like I'm, I'm nobody, I'm just here. And they force him into it. You know, he, his initial reaction is not to be a part of it. You know, and he says, he's the one that's condemned, not me. And at the end of it, when he looks at Jesus, when he finally gets to Calvary, and again, this is on the movie of the Passion of the Christ. He looks at Jesus and it stares into his heart. And vice versa, and he weeps as he leaves. Yeah. He recognized what he had just done. They had to force him out. And they had to, yeah, they had to force him out. And he just, once they do that, he weeps. And it's just one of those things where we have to ask ourselves, have we been assigned to someone? And do we recognize the assignments in our lives? That's why I'm, I was asking, um, who are your assignments in your life? Mm. Who, who is there to help you with what you're going through? And I would say... More often than not, this Simon is a friend, you know. And when I say friend, I can I, I can also mean family, and I can also mean someone that we know. But for the most part, we think of friend, right? Uh, and it's not that it's rare, but obviously you do have those stories where like complete strangers, you know, the Good Samaritan. But here we're talking about Simon. And so I would say this, or I invite you to do this. Remember how we talked about in Valentine's Day, where we recognize a true friendship in someone? Yeah. Or the qualities that we need to be a true friend, right? Um, and how you would talk about these things, and to reach out to that friend, I, w- I would kind of just invite invite the same thing, like reach out to your assignments, to say thank you for whatever it was, whether it be done, you know, for something that was done to you or that you were helped within the last day, the last week or month or a year, or if it was like a long time ago, and you remember that person and you still have contact with some for, with some of them, I would say reach out and just say thank you. You know, and then specifically, thank you for being my assignment, especially if they know the reference. Right. And and, and I think that um, for some some of the people that say, well, wait a minute, um, Simon was a stranger to Jesus. And, and how can you um, how can you put him under the category of friend? Well, because they shared the moment. They shared the same cross. They shared the moment, the same cross. They shared that living together and they they shared the pain okay mm-hmm. and how many times have some people actually done that for you they understand you yeah they're the ones that kind of update you how you're doing 
you know. Um, I, I have a lot of friends like that that um, I don't see them often, but they do follow up, you know. They do follow up. And, and there's this wonderful lady um, in, in LISD, a co-worker in a sense of in another department. And ever since your mom passed, um, uh, she worked with your mom and, uh, and knows you guys. And uh, she follows up and saying, how you doing? Mm. I don't know where. Okay. And it, it, it's the genuine um, care. Um, it, it, it's that Simon in her wanting to just make sure that, yeah, he's okay. La lleva. Right. That reassurance. And to me is, you know, um, I call it, you know, um, los curitas de amor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, they're little band-aids with a heart make a difference, okay? Because she's not, you know, trying to um, know exactly how I feel, what's going on. Just a simple thing, simple care. Okay? You're, do, you're doing all right, okay? okay. And anything I can help you with or that's it, out in the open. But there's a little, always a little constant, you know, uh, visiting like that. And... It's incredible because it nourishes the, the the understanding of being cared for. And, and, and as far as a friend, you know, uh, it's very rewarding. Yeah. And you, you see you see a Simon in her, you see a Jesus in her, at least I do. Yeah. And it's a blessing. And I recognize, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Okay. Because he somehow has been involved into it. And so I think whenever we recognize we have that moment of change that instead of disqualifying ourselves, we actually become a Simon, you know, to, to help, to love. Um, despite of how we may feel about ourselves or how we may think about ourselves, the lyrics, the lyrics to the song continues. So I went to a location deep inside my heart. I remembered what it's like to be in my father's arms. I had a moment to ponder in the midst of this great storm. I rediscovered who I was within the Father's eyes, remembered I was His from when I was baptized. How can I forget the goodness from, from where all this lied? And the answer was rooted in my heart so deep inside. Because I had turned my back against the one who, the one true God I love, I didn't listen to the one who was born was like a dove. I kept doing the things that I know I shouldn't have. I chose to not listen to your voice so sweet. Despite the fact you had nails through your hands and feet, I had a love right here in front of me in which I could not see. And I know that it's not how it's supposed to be, yet you still choose to love me. Well, may you be loved. And that's one of the things that we just want to recognize in this moment because we technically are still in the month of love, per se, after celebrating uh, St. Valentine's Day and the day of friendship, the day of love. We talked about what it means to be a true friend in the last episode. Now we're talking about what it means to be a true Simon and to recognize the importance of loving others the way Christ loved us. And he loved us to the end, even to the cross.